Knock, knock. Who's there? Mary. Mary who? Merry Christmas! Once again, and welcome to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. My name is John Lee, and I'm here again with Matt Allen. How are you, Matt? You can turn that music down. Yeah, I can now. There's Hello. Jumping every week, isn't there? Yeah, well, <laughs> we've just been discussing. <laughs> exactly. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, and a very merry Christmas to all of you out there. It might be a little bit early for Christmas Day if you're picking this up as we release it, but uh, it's about as close as we're going to get to it. It is, and, uh, well, there's a bit still happening in the hockey world at the moment. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, I see you're coming out in the Christmas spirit, too. You're starting to grow your own Father Christmas beard, oh, I notice. He's making, making reference to the little white ones that are starting <laughs> to pop out now. I need to have maybe uh, trim that down for the photos. Jeez, uh, lots going on again, John. We wanted to make this just a purely sort of festive uh, show this week, but we can't avoid all the news that's been happening. So shall we get to some? Let's just do it. News. So a lot's been going on. A fair bit of indoor hockey been played around the world at the moment. There's the qualifiers for the Jaffa Sixes in the UK. We talked last week or the week before about the um, England uh, English clubs, a lot of them saying, come on, can we have a winter break? They do still have indoor happen in, over these sort of these few weeks, and there's a big event coming up with the Jaffa Sixes. So the qualifiers have been happening all over the country in various halls uh, last weekend. Uh, uh, Jaffa's what I think they are. Oranges. Oh, it's it, not the little uh, chocolate-coated balls. Ah, uh, no, no, that's your Jaffa cakes. You see, no, not balls, but the little bit, the little biscuity no, cake things. No, they're, they're little blobs, round blobs of chocolate with like an orange candy coating around them. Jaffers. Um, we used to roll them down the aisle at the cinemas. <laughs> I think it must be a local thing, ladies and gentlemen. So it's, no, it's no. the orange cake. Oh, yes, no, I know, no. I know the Jaffers, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah I, I can't go there with my teeth these days. Okay. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> but, but what is it, getting back to the point, what is the Jaffa Cup? Is as, it ja- so it's, it's, it's a uh, six size in, in, sorry, six size, indoor, indoor competition. It's the premier indoor competition. Okay. Um, in, and Jaffa in is England. a sponsor? <clears throat> Jaffa's the sponsor this okay. year, and the finals are coming up. Uh, I believe but not in January. Jaffa the lollies, Jaffa the oranges. Jaffa oranges. So Jaffa is cool. is a brand okay. of maybe a naval, maybe you know, <laughs> no, know, maybe okay. a Washington naval or a what's the other type? Orange. No, there's two types. There's two types of oranges that are grown. Yeah, they're orange, aren't they? Yeah, no, there's two. There's, there's the innies and the outies. Oh, you, okay. Okay, so your Washington naval is the one. And the other one is the other, yeah. I thought they had, all had a plastic screw. No, they have different, <laughs> oranges have different brands around the world. Is this a hockey podcast? Well, it's not, well, 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 oranges are a bit like hockey balls. But, they are. Or, no, no, no. So, good if hockey balls cracked open and had a big Jaffa, chocolate bit in the middle. I believe in the UK, Jaffa is an orange brand. Okay. A, you know, so that they, they bring the oranges in. There's not a lot of them grown over there. Good. Um, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Chestnuts <laughs> roasting on an open fire and all that jazz. Absolutely. Um, Let's get back to the hockey. So, news. Yeah. So, uh, what else? We, uh, those of you that followed some of our social media stuff might have noticed uh, some pictures from the Hockey Japan League men's finals over the weekend. Uh, Gifu Asahi Club, the Blue Devils, uh, finished in top spot there. Yamanashi Gakuan, uh, the October Eagles were second and third in the championships were Tenri University, the Bears. Thanks to a friend of ours and a friend of mine, Yorma, who's uh, over there in Japan at the moment. He took some great snaps that we shared on Instagram, some interesting uh, crowd songs. I actually transported a few Japanese students the next evening and played them the bit of music that, um, from the, the crowd at the game, at the men's finals there. And they said, uh, I said, oh, can you just tell me what they're singing? Because I put it out on our Instagram account. And they listened to it and they went, mm, it's it's English or Italian, sorry, it's not Japanese. And I went, what? Get out. No, no, it's, it's not Japanese. 
so um, I then got it verified again back with our friend Yorma that sent it through and it was a club song but maybe it was the sound quality that came through but it, they, they seemed to think it was more of a European style chant for their team as opposed to a traditional Japanese chant for the team so I don't know no, neither do I know you said that. <laughs> but it, it did remind me, did you see, do you know which is the ground that's up in the hills there in Japan? There's some photos of it and like from, from the middle of the ground you look out one side of it and it's just these hill, mountains with lush green forests growing on it. It looks like it's in Peru or something like that. No, I, think that I think that was where the um, Asia, Asia Cup Women's was held. Yeah, yeah. In Kagamagashira? No. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Right, that went down, Kagamakashira. Um, great host they were too. It was. Well, we didn't get the opportunity to see the vision from the game though, unfortunately, because they weren't televised. It, but is, it is the wonderful thing about social media though, is that you get different snaps of grounds around the world. Yeah. And, you know, pictures in Africa that may have that beautiful mountain range behind. But then you also get some quite enclosed turfs <laughs> with buildings sort of you know all, always round on it in, I've seen some in Argentina um, like that you've seen the uh, speaking of grounds they've unveiled the new hockey centre for the uh, uh, Commonwealth Games yeah it looks spectacular triple turf mm. set up there might have to have a discussion about that in a f- later down the track we'll see uh, yeah, well, there was interesting things happened there because yeah. there was there was a club Labrador um, in the area that basically had their their club rooms and turf um, taken away from them and bunted out to make way, the handball message to make our, our heckler. Ah, so well, you know, whilst we're here, before we finish the news, we do have a heckler in in the room uh, this evening with us. We thought uh, we'd save you guys the trouble at home. Yeah, and none none better than uh, a friend of the show and an avid listener to the show. Mr. Greg Bird. Birdie, do you want to introduce yourself? No. <laughs> there you go. And that's what you're going to get from Birdie this evening. Uh, so, yeah, great stuff in the Hockey Japan League men's finals. The women's finals happened earlier on, uh, I think back in October, which seemed to fit in with their national program and, and how their girls' team have sort of moved around in various tournaments and challenges around the world. Uh, the Catalan hockey finals were at the weekend. Uh, Real Club de Polo de Barcelona beat Club Agara 2-0 uh, man of the match for the game was David Allegra of Igara. Uh that was on the men's side of things on the women's side uh, DHF Junior FC beat Real Club de Polo Barcelona in the shootout there um, I didn't quite get onto it early enough there was streaming of that available um, so Guys in hockey Catalan, if you're listening, let us know and we can share that a news with everybody around the world. Stuff coming out of Spain this year has been really good too to watch. Fantastic, it's been really good games. And I commented before some some of the uh, the commentary is uh, <laughs> uh, it's just fantastic. They, Remember, they, there are twenty O's and three L's in goal. Well, did you not? Do a Google Translate search the other day for that. Yeah, yeah. So the official spelling of goal is G twenty zero twenty O's and three L's, and that as translates it, as in goal. That's it. That that's what we're after. That translates. Goal, 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 goal. Funnily enough, it does translate as goal, goal, goal. Only <laughs> <laughs> in Spanish. Sorry. Only in Spanish. Only in Spanish. Um. Well, well, that's that is Spa- Argentinian as well. Well, Catalan, Catalan Spanish, might be different. Oh, well, they would be different now. They'd be making a point of being different at the moment. I did get very confused trying to uh, do the translation of uh, sending a message to somebody in Catalan um, and, and in Spanish. They're very different languages, and of course, very different people. And for someone that struggles with English as a first language, yeah. that would have been difficult, wouldn't it? Somebody thought I was Irish today. Really? This, ah, man. You're right, they did. Ah. I'm surprised and staggered by how many people say they think you're Australian. That that's <laughs> really takes me laugh. We it's, speak to people, oh, you're it's not nor- Australian. It's normally the palms. Yeah, it is. Uh, what else is going on, John? Let's move on with the news and we'll get this out of the way before we bring you some funny stuff. Well, stuff that we think's funny anyway. Um, judging by the rest of the show, probably won't be very funny yeah. at all. No, come on, let's get through uh, this. National championships are taking place in Pakistan at the moment. And some streaming going on streaming there Streaming well. going on. Check out packhockey.org. Um, there's stuff going through YouTube, through the Facebook channel, and stuff direct on the website. Regardless, you'll find out the information on the website there. Anyway, and I will mention again, 
check it out. It's a really great website. There's um, uh, Ijaz Chowdhury, who's been on the on the show before, um, writes some really good pieces and, and posts them up there. There's um, something really good about the FIH nominations and and things for the um, the All Stars or the Player of the Year awards in the different categories. So check out the website because there's really really good stuff on there. Um, also on Pakistan as well. Head coach resigned today, uh, as we're we're recording. So that was a pretty recent um, uh, appointment, and we talked about that previously on the show. It's uh, yeah, it's come rather quickly, you know. Um, It's uh, what what I read about it was that there's no particular problems. It's I think it's spend more time with the family kind of situation. Well, the Uh, social media uh, response seems to be, oh, well, that's good. Bye. Oh, really? Well, it doesn't seem as, as though the people are gushing at their shock and no. of his resignation. What it does, for sure. what I did see is that they're looking to rope in a a foreign coach, which, which is how it was written. But I imagine a, a coach of international standing is what they mean, as opposed to just any old coach from overseas. Um, but I think that I think that would be a great job to take on at the moment. They seem to be really moving forward. There's um, support from the game, government-wise. Um, Shabazz seems to be representing the sport really well there at the moment, and they're on the up. And go back and have a listen to our interview with Ijaz. He was very candid uh, about the state of Pakistan hockey in the past, in the present, and where they want to move in the future. And they're very pragmatic about it, and uh, you know I think it's a really good approach. Um, we're still waiting to hear on who's playing for the World Eleven um, in the games that are coming up very soon there. But that's all systems go. There's been, as we talked about before, sanctioning for security arrangements for players and all that sort of stuff that we don't always have to talk about. But in, you know, to make it happen in Pakistan, that's necessary. Um, so, yeah, that's a good job. Do you fancy a job? Oh yeah, I'd do it. I, it. It would be pretty easy for me. I'd just hire people that knew what they were doing, and that would that I could I could do that. Well, you know, that's a revolutionary concept, um, particularly in the world of hockey, eh? Yeah, yeah. Just hire the right people, and I can just sit in a box up in the top of the stadium, have a couple of quiet beers, and um, pick up a trophy at the end of it. Well, Sounds it w- great. It would be nice to see somebody at the, at the, in the top job sitting back and relaxing and not getting involved. Okay, yes, that, that's, a, that's a fair <laughs> comment. I, I think the role of certain individuals is to sit in the big chair at the top of the stadium. Now, whilst we're in that part of the world, um, we spoke last week about Davy Hart playing in the Malaysian Hockey League. He's a very good goalkeeper. Very good goalkeeper. <laughs> vote for him, yeah, vote for him for goalkeeper right. of the year. And uh, for Munster Hockey and uh, the, the boys over in Ireland there, this is Irish Hockey Podcast. Don't worry. Oh, we've been accused of that this year, haven't we? We have. So, uh, yeah, so in, into Malaysia, you might have noticed that Mr. S. Kumar, the goalkeeper, 37-year-old goalkeeper of Malaysia, has come under fire for, uh, for doping allegations over the past few days. Um, what do you know about that? Um, Bernie, what do you know about it? You nodding your head there? Um, maybe there's a... Uh, a few things on the market that allows them to restrict their their hunger so you're talking about a slimming product that maybe <laughs> is still on the banned list and whether it's a performance enhancing or not performance enhancing is only but to those experts that are out there in our world are we talking potential masking agent wow i have no idea i'm not one of those experts okay. i um i reckon he's 37 years old he looked pretty chunky underneath the uh, the chest pad anyway. Fair play, you know, if he's struggling to, you know, keep it off. I've got a different theory. 37 years old? I know keepers, you know, reach their peak at about 37, 38 yeah. years old. Oh, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a different theory. I think it might be a different drug. I think he might have been hit down below a few too many times and he's trying to bring back life. Oh, to the bedroom. Welcome to our first sponsors for the podcast. <laughs> Viagra! If you're listening there. Yeah, yeah send, 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 John, send, send John a pack. Uh, I obviously don't need it. 
Uh, keep it, let's keep going on the news, keep going on the news. So, yeah, interestingly though, Malaysia, oh, no, no, that's a lie, sorry. On Drag Flick World, um, I noticed that they posted today that, uh, X player, and I can't remember his name, had, uh, has been appointed the new number one goalkeeper for Malaysia. Uh, so I'm not entirely sure what the decision making process has been with that but whilst we're in Malaysia if you go way way back to our initial episodes with Terry Walsh and he spoke about the Malaysian Hockey League and there's opportunities for players to make some money there whether the Hockey India League went ahead or didn't go ahead wouldn't be as much as you'd uh, they generate over there but certainly more than somebody would if they were playing in yeah. the local league here in Perth yeah. um so on top of Davy Hart making his way over there, Jurun Hertzberger, Sander Devin, uh, Glenn Turner, Kieran Govers, Tim Devin, they're all playing at the same club, uh, maybe the uni side that's over there. Um, so there's yeah there's 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 a lot of guys that are, um, are going. I'm getting somebody else's name. Oh, so, uh, Chris Arado's going over there. And if you want to hear from Chris, actually. Um, check out Ashley Morrison's notthefootyshow.com site and their podcast from last week there's an interview with uh, Chris on yeah, there yeah it was he seems like a very cheeky chappy uh, is that Chris Sorella going as a coach oh maybe maybe not I don't know and we're doing hand signals a now, big birdie it? told me that <laughs> <laughs> Well, that might be that might be some kind of world exclusive, or it might have just dropped Birdie in the ship for something. <coughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out on social media in the next couple of days. So it's great to have Birdie here. We're after talking about the news, and uh, so we've we've got a couple of other things to cover on that. Um, do big we, shout out! No, we're just let's just do doing it. Let's just do this now. Big 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 shout out! So a big thing that you might have noticed that we'd posted on our socials over the weekend is that. Uh, young Maddie Bird, friend of the show that was uh, way back on episode 15 or maybe a bit later than that um, has been announced as a member of the Kookaburra squad for 2018 he hasn't, he's yet to make his debut, a full debut for the Kookaburras but he's got lots of experience with the under 21s and junior world cup sides and, and things like that but he's been uh, named in the squad so Maddie's dad Greg Birdie is is sitting here with us now. He's the heckler for the for the uh, for the show. Um, so we're stoked. Maddie's a mate of ours, um, and we've watched him and played with him over the past eight, nine, ten years, and uh, seen him developed. And he's a cracking lad. And so you know, we we genuinely couldn't be happier. I was I was in tears on Saturday morning when the even though I knew the news may have been coming through. But there was no confirmation. I was so proud, and 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 it's a thing for anybody out there in clubland. When one of your own from 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 your stock from your club makes it to the to the highest level, um, and he's got a lot of work to do. He's a young fella, but he's only twenty. Geez, well you know what a feeling. It's and it's everything that our hockey family is about. And so yeah, we we couldn't be prouder. And uh, and. Geez, the bloke who's sitting next to us, I hope he couldn't be any he's, he's a bit, let's say, fair about the whole thing, and, you know, he's a little mongrel and whatever, but he's still got to deal with messy bedrooms and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, picking him up off the bathroom floor at 5am in the morning, <laughs> that sort of gear. Oh, when, when he's ill? No, I'm talking about Matt picking up. Ah, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course yeah. it That's, is. I was thinking about you, um, Matt picking up Matt after, <laughs> a, well, 2008 when he played in his first grand senior grand final when he was about 12 and I think he was 13 with, yeah, yeah 12 or 14 and Matty Allen may have taken him out under your wing what <laughs> <laughs> hey and we're going to be very we're on dodgy ground here gentlemen hey, we did speak to Matt earlier in, in the year as we said and um I went back through the interview because I wanted to try and find something where he talked about hopes and dreams and aspirate it's a Christmas show folks it's definitely the Christmas show uh, and the only thing that I could find that came even close to it was this it's only a short clip obviously the next step is uh, an Australian berth and uh, with the upcoming AHL there's lots of opportunities for younger players especially guys like you yeah, there's definitely a good opportunity. I'm hoping to go out there and just put in a solid performance and um, do the best for my team, etc. But obviously, I'm just looking forward to a good experience this year. 
Yeah, that was the sum total of what Matt said about his aspirations towards playing for Australia, which was basic, pretty low key, and that's the way he's been about it all along the way. He, you wouldn't know what he's achieved if you were just standing around talking to him, and he's not one of those guys that wears Australian tracksuits everywhere as well either. You know, like he's pretty low key about it all and takes it all on his stride. Something I'm not so sure his his dad wants to hear. Um, I'm going to play this clip, and we might ask him a question. The other thing that other people might not know about you is you're a pretty damn good umpire. Oh, <laughs> I have umpired on the weekend every now and then. Uh, I was thinking about putting my name up for a little bit of a higher grade this year, but I decided not to since though there were so many things yeah. on, etc. Is it something that maybe down the track when you you know the the higher accolades as a player have disappeared, you might consider doing? I think it's definitely a disappearing thing to the sport. Like, we're not getting as many quality umpires through players, etc., seen as though that they just want to play. I think that's one crucial part to the game that we need to expand so then the players can umpire other players and get really get the, the feel for the game. Now, apart from being really good to hear uh, a young guy who's, you know, likes umpiring and can see it being something else he'll do later on. I mean, the idea that he brought up of, you know, more getting more players into the umpiring ranks is a very good one. And, you know, it's a, it's a good point, one we should be debating at some stage. I'm looking forward to hearing Keely Dunn's podcast, Play On, um, because, it's you know, there's key things like that that need to be discussed specifically um, yeah. You know, by by those guys that are umpiring it, and then get that out to the rest of us and let us know what's that. But your your thoughts were known to Keely in that podcast that we recorded with it that's coming up, and uh, you know you you don't think kids should be umpiring games. You think there should be a what sixteen year old entry level for umpires? I think uh, the idea that you can just take any kid and at 13 or 12 or 13 or 14 and turn them into an umpire just because they'd like to do it is a bit silly. I think that for a lot of people that you've got to go through the game a bit more. You've got to learn more about the game and understand the game better. I mean, yeah, Matt was very young when he first played men's senior hockey. He was very young when he first umpired men's seniors and did it very well. But Matt's a bit of a freak. We can't use Matt as the ba- <laughs> no, he is. We can't use Matt as the baseline to for junior hockey because he is an exception and he's been an exception from a young age. No, but certainly, like I'd say about Matt as a, a clubman that you know that's something that's engendered by the parents and that's about being around the club and not having any other bloody choice but to be involved. And uh, he's exemplary. He's he's an example. Um, for, for people and, and the way the way to go about it because his involvement has been at every single level so yes. he's happy to chip in to shift some tables but that, that's, he's happy to do a coaching session to umpire to do blah 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 but that's that's love of the game you know oh. that's that's whether and whether you find it yourself and that's you know look anybody that's listened to this podcast have probably got that same love yeah. of the game uh and, I mean, we did nearly lose him, I thought, at one stage, Bertie. I thought uh, he might be off to the world of crusty demons or something like that. Oh, well, he was really, really you know, state champion in athletics, fucking good at football, Australian rules football, had yeah. all those options. But are we losing that to the game because we've gone to turfs? We now play in these little turfs that are enclosed. You can't drive down your local street anymore and see a grass game of hockey in your local neighbourhood because we've evolved to these turf situations in these big stadiums. Everyone wants to play in the big stadiums, same as soccer and rugby and all these other sports. Do we need to get back to you know promoting our grassroots hockey at our clubs, people making money at the clubs, being involved with their clubs? Or do we go to the European style where it's regionalisation? Like, you don't really play for a club, you play for a region. Oh, but if you, if you go to somewhere like the UK, and something I witnessed before I'd left there is that the smaller, uh, let's say, market town clubs and smaller town clubs are probably struggling. There's a lot of mergers are, are happening around and about. Um, but the super clubs are still very strong. But over the past 20 years, as they've grown, they've, they've drawn the talent from all of those smaller clubs around and about. And look, we're, we're faced with a very similar situation here, very locally, with clubs that a club that involves us 
there's another club quite close by um, they're a very small club they're in an area a, a fair way but not too far away and the really talented kids don't have the progression opportunity at that smaller club because they play at a, a fairly low grade but they, the kids have got the buzz and they're performing very well so they naturally look to move to the next biggest club within that area um, what I don't want to see is that other smaller club disappear because that's vital for the hockey community the, the sort of you know hub and spoke approach to things we need hockey in every single little area around and, and the move to the super club model um, as attractive as it is at the top end of things you know can really hurt the local level and can really hurt the the theory of growing the game Oh, absolutely, and and it's lucky actually. Uh, so that was an absolutely from John there, but oh, it was too. Is that an agreement? <laughs> a double absolutely coming up. Two fingers. Uh, we're lucky enough uh, to have on the line our our correspondent from India, Jazz. Oh, Jazz with us. He's got some news about what's happening in the grassroots of Indian hockey. Hey, hey, Jazz. Jazz. Uh, I. Oh, he must be away from his desk. Obviously, there's a lot of work going on there yeah, in, yeah. in the background. We'll catch up with Indian we'll hockey. catch up with Jazz later on, That's I'm sure. Right. Um, what else have we oh, got on our other bits of news? Another former interviewee on the podcast, Tammy oh, Stanley, yes, um, has been uh, announced just today, along along with a host of other umpires and TOs and video umpire people and all the technical crew have all been announced for the Vitality Hockey Women's World Cup happening in London later in the year and uh, I don't know we back a few winners don't we John there's a few in there let's see over the well we've interviewed in our time three what you'd call current players haven't we uh well four four current players um Matt of course yeah um two Irish girls Emma, Emma, Emma and Sarah and Sarah and yeah, who uh, uh, I'll note that I believe that the two, their two sides, Cork Harlequins uh, for Emma and uh, UCD, University College Dublin for Sarah, are the top two sides um, in the EY Hockey League in Ireland at the moment. Um, and they clash early January, I believe, as a top-of-the-table clash. Oh, but, of course, so, so Emma, uh, after speaking to us when they were in Valencia, for the under 21s, uh, maybe six weeks later, went on to make her international debut. Yes, uh, and we also had um, from South Africa, and Chris, and Kristen Payne. Yeah, Kristen. Yeah, so uh, Kristen ended up as player of the tournament. Very uh, handy. And she uh, took took over. Uh, took over. She did an Instagram takeover, um, which was much, much appreciated with the Namaqualan Daisies. They didn't make it to the uh, the final, but a creditable creditable performance from there. Under 21s. Then, of course, Tammy, who's uh, after after speaking to us and put her great media performance there, she's <laughs> secured the job for London. That's somebody's listening at the FIA. No, you must be. And, and there's plenty more in there as well. Fortunes have turned for them, having spoken to us here on the reverse stick. Now, what other thing? Just and maybe it's not for the news, but look, we're just chatting anyway. I've we're, got we're, another thing. We're, like we're we're, anyway, you that's first. Fine. Um, the Player of the Year Rising Star of Awards. Now, you know, I mentioned last week. There's a, there's, 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 there's a few. I'm, okay, I've been looking at a few committees on the FIH website just to see who pick, picks you get the to various. Them, get your get your gripe <laughs> anyway, out. Get your gripe right. out. So Arthur Van Doren. Yes. Uh, rise winner of the Rising Star maybe two years ago. Um, this year. Nominated, n- nominated in both Rising Star and Player of the Year categories because mm-hmm. he's it's under 23s for rise, Rising Star. Now, there's some countries, Australia, India, Pakistan, Trinidad Tobago, Ukraine. You can list all 136 if you okay, like. Okay, no, I won't. Um, don't have any nominations at all. Wow. So, some countries don't have any nominations at all, and yet Belgium get bloody Arthur Van Doren in two separate categories. And Re- didn't he win one two years ago? He won the Rising Star two years ago. So he's nominated for a Rising Star award that he's already won. Jeez, how far do these bloody stars have to rise? 
that is that is a tremendously good point. Like you can only watch them so far before you break your neck looking over the top of your head. Well, I think that it's one of the few things. It's not actually one of the few things. It's one of the many things this year you've got right. And, but that was me because I was looking up and I'm sure I saw something up in the sky there, John. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. It, yeah. But you're right. I mean, how can how can someone who's been who's won a Rising Star Award be in line for being a Rising Star having already been given an award that would make them not a Rising Star? Fair, look, fair play to him. Oh, it's know. not him. I mean, he doesn't go in there and say, can I be in the Rising Star Award again this year as well? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Can he win both? Yes. Yeah, you can win both. You can win you? both. Well, at least Bargem will win something in the men's hockey this year. They play some great hockey. They play some they really do. great hockey. Lovely guys. They've just got those self-tightening jumpers with the high neck <laughs> on, don't they? <laughs> okay, let's move on from there. I'd but that's me, I think. That's tick, tick, tick. Oh, one other thing for me whilst we're here. Um, Dr. Batra. Yeah, we spoke oh, last week about um, the doctor. presidency. Uh, he's in. He's in. Uh, he secured a hundred, I think, one hundred and forty-three of the votes. Um, it turns out that the only person left on the ballot pulled out before the ballots had been printed. So he still appeared on the ballot, but had pulled out and offered his support to Dr. Batra. Um, and there were still thirteen votes for that bloke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I mean, so no congratulations to Dr. Batra um, on uh, on his appoint, appointment to the presidency of the Indian Olympic Association. Obviously, with a bit of a, uh, some muddy waters to get there and some challenges what? that he had to overcome. To what? What muddy? What do you mean? There was a challenge from one of the other. Uh, oh, okay, the, yeah, yeah. About okay. the fact that he wasn't a, st- a standing member on the International Olympic Committee. I'm sorry, so the International Olympic, International Olympic Association, because you can't go for presidency if you're not a current member. Um, but they changed the rules and backdated the fact that because he was a member uh, 2014 to 2016 or something like that, then then he was still applicable because it was in a three-year it's period. It's easy to that forget could, to pay your membership. Could. You know, they, these things can slip past you sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, he's, 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 he's a very busy man. He's a busy man. He, he, he goes to a lot of hockey and he's a, he's, he's a man of action. Um Whilst we're on Dr. Batra, there was a beautiful photo of him. It might have been with the two World Cups. I'm not sure. There was a couple of beautiful trophies that he had. Um, And uh, he's holding a stick in his hand. And it's a white stick. It's a hockey stick. It's not from the Rio Olympics, is it? It's from the Rio Olympics. And it's signed by the Indian team. And I recognise the stick because... Those uh, folks must have spent three weeks sitting in a shed somewhere signing those sticks. I tell you there seemed to be a well, lot of them. Roland Altman's and his offside were both presented one after they got ousted. Um, you might remember the I photos. I do, I do remember the photos, yes. Um, Dr. Batra met with Balbir Singh, uh, Indian hockey legend, in the week. He was presented with a... Stick. A, a stick, white one? Yeah, a white stick, uh, Rio, Indian team, Rio Olympics yep. 2016. Um, I think there is a big shed of hockey merch somewhere in this world, John, and I reckon there's a lot of those sticks oh, in there, so right. I wouldn't mind one of those. What, what else might be in there? Oh, lots of things. What else, what else could be in there, John? Yeah, I'm not going there. Um, <clears throat> hockey world news. You mentioned before the umpiring appointments. What, really? You're just going to... You're going to gloss over it like that? No Australian number nine shirts? Oh, this is probably a pile of them. There might be a few of those. Yeah. There? Um, I've, got, I've got the number ones. Go on. Um, <laughs> no, well, no, last, oh, last week... You, you weren't had, listening to that podcast then, obviously. Last, <laughs> la- last week, you and the Germans and the Dutch had the number twos. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, we did. Um, well, you mentioned the umpiring appointments for the uh, Vitality. Is that the right spot yeah, Vi- I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Uh, jump on board Vitality. We'd be happy to take your call. Yeah. Um, Hockey World News put out a tweet following the appointments and um, where they happened to notice that there were no home country umpiring appointments. And um, the tweet was for it the s- home a snub, nation... A snub or something like that? F-I-H snub question mark, which I thought was interesting. I, d- I don't know that 
you know, it's, is there a rule? They sell a lot of those fluorescent green shirts, that's for sure. Oh, look, um, Bertie, if you want to take the opportunity to bash a few poms, because we know there's, you know, you know there's a few listening oh, over there. Three nil, three nil. More than happy to bash me. Um, no, but getting back to that, I mean, it was interesting. Is it, is it just putting the, the spoon in the pot and giving it a stir to see what turns up, or is there? Is there something more sinister behind it? I think a, a premier event, you should have the premier, the premier team there. And so, if they're your top six umpires in the world or eight umpires in the world at any given time, regardless of nationality, if it was five Germans and and three Belgians and they were the very best in the world, that's what you go with, isn't it? If you you want the, the best tournament. Best yeah, officials. I mean, it's interesting when you look at what other sports to do, and I mean, say you look at a sport like cricket that was forced into um, not allowing home umpires to umpire their own country. So, for instance, at one stage there, Simon oh, 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 forced. Don't we do that at club level? Yeah, we do. Oh, and, sorry, we changed the rules yeah. for that. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I, I for one personally, don't like the idea of umpiring certainly not my own team I would never do that and I would I've, well, you have done that yeah but that's why I've, I've made the decision that I shouldn't do that <laughs> so and, and same for the club I find it difficult to umpire against when there's a team from my own club involved John's um, just mentioned him umpiring his own club John do you want to take us back to the last time you, you umpired <laughs> yeah it was come on it was the last time I umpired was Kings of the Hill Oh, Kings of the Grass, that was <laughs> Kings of the Grass. Had to roll up the hill. King, Kings of the Grass. So, I'm just, it's kind of making me think we should probably lead into um, something that's talking about period and uh, a different time, maybe. What? And, you know, maybe you, I don't know, maybe the memory's going a little bit. My memory? I believe that you're fairly new to the, uh, the medium, so uh, how, how are you getting on with that? I didn't know dogs and cats could do such crazy things. A crazy, crazy world we live in. And people like videotaping their food. <laughs> He's showing his age when he says videotaping, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I mean, yeah, showing your age. Yeah, but it wasn't that long ago. It was only last year I last umpired. Mind you, it was only the pre-season tournament, but I did have the whistle in my hand. Yeah. And people did say, oh, you, you umpired well. Did you blow it at all? I did. I sent someone off. Mind you, I was waiting for the opportunity to send him off. I don't know. <laughs> you didn't have to do that. His name was a blazer, was it? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't actually. I'm, uh, I'm going to make a confession. What? I didn't umpire at all last season. Didn't you? No. Five. But you've done your fair bit of umpiring. Oh yeah, no, I've, got, I've got no drama. I've got no drama doing it. What? When was the last time he umpired? Did you? Yeah, where was the last time you umpired? All right, okay, Birdie. Right, tell us a story, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Two years ago, three years ago maybe, mate, I was uh, playing in the club within the northern suburbs of our competition here, and we were on the same team, and uh, I Sit did... Sit down, kiddies, and listen to Christmas story. And, uh, <laughs> and I scored probably the goal of uh, my life. Remember the century. That? The, uh, like, like, yeah, really over, overhead into the top of the D, picked up over the right it's shoulder, and then, and then into the back of the net. Oh, my goodness, I think that was the maybe the only goal of the season but what a goal um, and uh, maybe a little bit 20 minutes after that goal went in Birdie what happened? Well, did I or did I not get hit by a ball off a free hit in the chest? Well you certainly ended up in did a hit Did the umpire not grab my hockey stick and <laughs> throw it to another field away? <laughs> <laughs> So, so is that hockey umpire still not involved with a whole not yeah, we're not gonna talk about levels of umpiring <laughs> well, and or individuals. Um but yeah, Bird, Birdie <laughs> Birdie's the only man I've ever seen have an umpire throw his stick off the field because he thought that he was feigning some kind of simulation after getting a ball to the chest. <laughs> And he, the poor, the poor, Birdie, the poor old man, was uh, crumpled up on the floor in pain. And, uh, yeah, the umpy threw, threw his stick about 30 metres into the next pitch. 
get off. There's a red card to go with it. And he gave him a card as well. <laughs> That's the joys of what grade is that? Uh, oh, 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 the high pre- premier premier grade here in Perth, obviously. <laughs> what, 40s ones? <laughs> what? Was it 40s games, wasn't it? I think it was a 40s it game. It was a 40s game, yeah. Ah, oh, lovely stuff. Um, tell you what, you, you managed to get through that sentence. Let's see if you can get through this what, one. What, 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 what? I did mention last week about the um, gent that had sent through a message with regard to a ball and knee height or arse height um, and assumed anonymity... Anonymi- uh, it's easy for me to say. Assumed anonymity... <laughs> <laughs> assumed anonymity... <laughs> <laughs> this one's going in the bloopers well. <laughs> Assumed. Loop. <laughs> <laughs> Assumed anonymity. Anonymity. And assumed that uh, anonymity. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, hang on a sec. You go assumed. Anonymity. Anon- anonymity. Anonymity. Just say assumed. Assumed. Anonymity. anonymity. <laughs> and then you keep going with your... Assumed. Anonymity. <laughs> I'm not even sure that was right. But, uh, yeah. But I wouldn't tell anyone who it was. Um, but... Uh, uh, he did mention it. So he got in touch. He said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have minded being named on the podcast. Keep it to yourself. But Boss F Hockey isn't my real name. Thank you very much, Boss F Hockey. I thought it was a bit odd. Certainly was a little bit odd. Well, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd assumed anonymity. Oh, oh you heard it here first, folks. You th- yeah, you really did hear it. <laughs> <laughs> One take. Um, we had a couple of little efforts across the year that we thought we would share with you just as we got towards the end of the show because they, they've made us laugh and at the time and they continue to make us laugh when we hear them now. Uh, before we do, though, we'll just check out and see what's happening with Jazz in India at the moment. Hey, Jazz. <laughs> Yes? Oh, we'll get to him soon. No, no, we'll be able to get to him soon. NBN's down. NBN's down. Taff Armoured. Now, that was a really fun interview. We had a blast with Taff, didn't we? Oh, it was fantastic. And, you know, um, I made reference the other day about the... Uh, I struggle between the Pakistani and the Welsh accent once I get going with either either or. There's a blend that happens. But you're and, Irish. Ah, well, of course. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that now. <laughs> Ah, uh, come on now, give him your mask, can you? That's for the uh, Scots. That's, 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 that's for the Scots out there. Send him the emails and the tweets, what? not me. Ah, uh, come on now. Select talks. Ah, uh, fair play to you now. Fair play to you. <laughs> you're oh. a good lad. Ah, uh, you're a good lad. Just get on with what we're doing. Ah, uh, what are we doing? Tap armoured. Tap armoured. And our wonderful interview with Ta- and all of the people that have appeared on the show. It's all been excellent. We've said several times during this, the year that, um, you know, the number of conversations we have after we've stopped the tape rolling that go on for just as long as the interviews we've done, sometimes longer. Yeah, it just, it, it shows the quality of hockey people that are out there. And I'm not, I don't include us within that. But the people that we speak to and that we're, we're interested to connect with and have a chat with and try and bring something different and interesting to you that isn't just, a player interview about yeah, you know, I went really hard for 70 minutes and uh, big week of training long. ahead. It's been a long time since you were hard for 70 minutes, big fella. <laughs> um, now we go <laughs> back to our sponsor of today's show, Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just take this little uh, clip from Taff Armoured now, where he explains it and shock horror. Taff's not his real name. Just before we go, Taff, I wanted to know, is Taff short for something, or is it a nickname? It's, it is a nickname. <laughs> uh, uh, well, my, we, we were my... wondering whether it was the Welsh accent. <laughs> <laughs> everyone that's, you know, everyone that's basically um, come across me, um, and even my, so like, let's say, my extended hockey family, um, 
didn't actually know my proper real name up until about um, four or five years ago. They actually just thought my name was Taff. Uh, but it's actually um, a nickname, um, and my real name is Mustafa. Oh, I didn't want you to destroy the, the, the mystery of it all. Everybody knows there's a Bruce Wayne and there's a Batman, but there's never <laughs> Wayne to me. Absolutely. Uh, I think he is a bit of a Superman, though. A bit of Clark Kent going on with Taff Armour and the work he does amongst the hockey family. Oh, he does his bit, eh? <laughs> he does more than a bit, in fairness. We do a, a bit. He does a lot, I would, I would suggest. Yeah, um, oh, but he's also lucky to be able to be involved career-wise as well with some hockey coaching as well, and that's you know that's he's that's a school great. teacher, and he does a lot of hockey within that. As oh, well. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but he's a hockey lover like all of you guys out there that listen to the show at the moment, and uh, we appreciate you listening. Please do contribute. Get onto the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at the Reverse Stick, and. Of course, we, we know that hockey is a, a global sport played in all sorts of countries like... And then coming up very soon as well, there's the Euro Hockey Nations Championships Level 4. Um, that's starting at the end of the month in Slovenia. And that's got countries like Cyprus. Well, not countries like... Country, the, country, the countries that are playing. <laughs> yeah, c- countries like Cyprus. <laughs> exactly. And well done to Cyprus. How'd they go in that tournament, do you remember? Just uh, off the top of your head? Um... There's so much hockey going on, it's hard to keep track. Fourth. Oh, out of a four-nation tournament? No, was it? I hope it wasn't a three-nation tournament. Jeez, like I said a few weeks ago, people want to get critical and uh, go back to previous episodes and pull us apart for some of our views. Feel free, because I I genuinely forget everything we just spoke about. (laughs) Pretty much so. And, of course, we do have to... Um, pay tribute to our mate Jazz. Let's just see what is happening there in India at the moment. Hey Jazz! No, it still no. seems as if they're building that Some stadium for the uh, World Cup final. Um, but, but it's the local NBN. You're out. Oh, is that what it is? Well, luckily, we do have this little clip of our friend Jazz from, um, I think it was the second interview we did with Jazz. Going back, we've interviewed him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. Jazz, well, Jazz is now a show regular, as you as you know. He is indeed, and he's been a wonderful contributor, and it's been marvellous having him on the show. And like, like we said early early in the piece, we want to bring the views and the angles of hockey people all over the world together and connect connect us uh, everyone that's interested in the game that loves the game and to hear what's happening all over the world. And Jazz has certainly given us some great insight out of India. And I've chosen a little little clip here to play because it does show. Um, Jazz's what would you call it intensity or his uh, his love for the game and and th- there's something about his voice in this little clip that makes you really feel for him and feel for the predicament he's it, describing. Yeah, and uh, it it has something to do with turf as it turns out. Com- talking about the turf pitches, Andrea um, exported one from uh, Germany, a, a second-hand turf which she wanted to lay in uh, Rajasthan. Okay. And now, and now it is being used as carpet by the villagers. <laughs> they, they, they cut pieces from that unlaid trap, that unlaid turf, which was lying in one of the stores, and are using it as carpets oh. at home. I, I hope they washed it first, because you can get some terrible diseases <laughs> off a dirty hockey pitch. <laughs> <laughs> My God, people don't give. Don't give a shit about anything that somebody is putting in a, such a huge effort to just give their kids something that they look up to beyond studies or along with studies. They just, just don't give it a shit. It's so sad. Uh, the passion in jazz is obvious there. and I, I love it. I, I love it. I, I, I was sitting here, I remember when he when we did that interview and just feeling so sorry for him you can feel like he's desperate for people to grab hold of the game I was, but I was also laughing a little bit at his accent with I don't give it a shit because <laughs> I don't give it a shit is more of an Italian term in Australian to the Italian heritage people <laughs> heritage families I don't give it a shit <laughs> I think well, could, I went a bit New, New York then it sorry. doesn't matter what the accent is the message is the same right, every yeah. time and, uh, we're hoping to speak to Jazz more in the coming new year as well. Looking for what, a big year 
for hockey in India next year. It will it? be, and we'll be reviewing all of that stuff next week, Matt. We're going to go over. You what's don't. Happening. You don't know what Doctor Batra does with his spare flowers, do you? No, I don't. Right, follow him on Facebook because there's a hell of a lot of flowers that get handed over to him. Has he got a big garden, maybe? Oh, you can't plant flowers there. <laughs> we have a genius moment from uh, Mr. John Lee opposite oh, look, me at the moment. I've got a green finger, my friend. Oh, that's what? why I love turf. What? You can't plant? <laughs> I'm not very good at growing things in the ground. No, Particularly those I'm... things that have already grown and you've cut them down and you try and put them back <laughs> in the ground again. <laughs> I really struggle with them. Yeah. Well, I'm going to play this thing now because it's get you to Concentrate on being serious for a second. You ready? <laughs> Go on, what's been happening on the socials? Anything interesting? No, I gave a bit of feedback on a few things the other day. You might have seen a release from the FIH about our brand new partnership for hockey oh, with... Adidas. Adidas. Did you used to have a... Any phrases that went along with the Adidas brand name as a as a young man? No. All day I dream about soccer or something like that. Or no, no? I can't remember any. No, I didn't care. I mean, they're they're you know Adidas are a, they're a world brand power, aren't they? I used to have a pair of um, Adidas Rome. Rome's. <laughs> a oh. pair of Adidas Rome. Well, see. I've and a pair of denim jeans, believe it or not. <laughs> I've, al- I've always loved the brand, but that's probably because there was a bloke that used to live just up the road in the village I grew up in. Is that what it was called? I love it. We live in a place that's got two, two place names. One of them is Upper Swan, and yeah. the other one is Inner Loo. But we do indeed. Yeah, anyway. Um, Pete, the Adidas man, used to live up the road, going to his garage... Want, want a new shower suit? Want some new runners? No drama. Wall-to-wall samples. You can go up there doing ca- do a cashy with Pete. So I've always loved Adidas as a brand. They are a world brand power. And I noticed that with the FIH... This was in his house, was it? The, not not yeah. the sea container that's just left on the side of the no, road. No, no, no. In, in his... In the garage attached atta- atta- oh. to the house. It, it was like... It was one of those moments when the garage door... It was one of those pull-up doors... And and you could imagine that sound of the gods, the look at the bright light coming towards you as you as you slowly you must open really the garage door. Seats or something, mate. It was wall to wall blue box, three white stripe um, boxes, wall to wall, incredible. And oh, what size are you? Pull this pair down. Pull this pair down. And it was like they were cheap. They were really cheap. It was oh, I don't know what it was at the time. Five pound, ten pound a pair, or something like that. He doesn't work for them anymore, so it doesn't matter. Um, I'm just explaining on this very special Christmas episode why I have this affinity. I like the Adidas brand. I've always seen it as a brand of quality. Really like the brand. But, You're angling for some but, of these but, shoes but, and sticks that well, we're supposed this, to be getting. Well, this was my post that I, I put on Twitter or something the other day. Uh, uh, you know, great to see us in a partnership agreement with Adidas. Um, John's a ten and a half US, and I'm a thirteen and a half US. Um, Ta, you know, I'm just spreading the word of Addy Field Hockey. That's the 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 Twitter tag for the specific Adidas Field Hockey. There's Adidas Hockey, which is ice hockey. Addy Field Hockey is the, the hockey arm. Oh, okay. Last tweeted in May 2016. Oh, uh, 2017, I well, think. What was Sorry, the one it's... before that? What? When was the tweet before that? Yeah. There's... They're not avid hockey supporters <laughs> on the Addy Field Hockey. So maybe it's some kind of parody account that somebody thought Adidas should have a presence on Twitter specifically for their field hockey. And uh, they you know, brought it upon themselves. That, that happens a lot on Instagram. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's easy to forget about major world sports. Yes. Yeah. You know. So, you know, what I see is the essence of this agreement is that it's not about Adidas supporting hockey and being and getting on board the hockey bandwagon. It's about hockey trying to get onto the Adidas bandwagon, and them providing us with marketing expertise and you mentioned YouTube before I just I what I see here at the moment is this um, desperation 
for FIH and the hockey brand to be aligned with global international renowned partners when we when they talked about the pay-per-view deal and the streaming with YouTube they said YouTube owned by Google, Google yeah. not like you either you either know that's the case or you don't give a stuff about that so to but it's about positioning yourself as an association to be aligned with Google with YouTube with Adidas and we'll see another two or three of those partners arrive. And maybe it's to do with the, the new guys uh, out of Germany that took on the role uh, not too long back, or you know, whatever it is. And I kind of understand that sort of thing. But there's a lot of sports brands out there that are purely hockey brands, people from the hockey community. Now, they pay for some of the action, I reckon. <laughs> you know, it's it, uh, it. There's this. I think there's some kind of myth that Adidas can take us forward into different markets. Well, no. They're not strong enough in the hockey market anyway. They don't really give a stuff about the hockey market. Uh, 2.2% of their business. Yeah, there we go. It's, it, you know, it's nothing on a, on a, that, Greg, if you didn't hear that, was 2.2% of their business is, is hockey. And, and that would be mainly German based, I reckon, Central Europe. That's, yeah, I that's mean, where they're at. That's two point two percent of a global business of what? A billions. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It's a reality check. We don't no. have that many people playing hockey. Oh no, no, not the hockey side of things, but as a as, yeah. a, as a sporting entity, that yeah. Yeah, no. So but I mean, two two point two percent doesn't sound very big, but it could be actually a reasonable right, it's only market for them. Zero point one percent of your average playing base per country will ever play for, for that country at a senior level. Yeah. 1%. It's not very big, is it? It's not there when, when that's where our major, to Viagra. <laughs> major target is <laughs> as far as players go. Yeah, well, it's interesting because they're trying to push this this idea forward of um, of professional hockey and I... I you know, I think yes, great. Let's have professional hockey leagues, and players can get paid, and coaches, and we can have all these wonderful things that other sports seem to have. But the others, those other sports, also have problems that that professional link brings with them that we, the sport's going to have to deal with. But it, it, it's just we're in this funny crossover point, so you're going to get these odd, bizarre deals. And I don't think we can provide, we can base a professional hockey league on the. An international level. I mean, I'd have to look as far as soccer and go. They've got it right. The club level is where it's all got to. That's where it's got to be made professional. That's where all the money's got to go. That's where the broadcast rights are going to be. And all of that stuff, like a World Cup that they have, is just cream on the cake. That's why the World Cup's so loved because they've got so much action happening at the club level, and those fans follow through. But this this Adidas deal is a one-year deal, and I understand as an association as as I would and we would do at club level is that you need to give a little as an, as an organisation to be able to get something back. So you need to prove your worth. You need to show that being aligned with this organisation is actually a worthwhile exercise and it's not just going to be a waste of money and a year later they, they turn away and say, oh, we're not interested, but you've, you, you've done your dough with it. There needs to be a bit of a try before you buy type element. But we're talking about the the FIH here, the International Hockey Federation. This is the peak body. Um, yeah. But don't forget where that where, what what value that the FIH can leverage. And let's let's admit it. Well, not a lot with Adidas by the looks of it. Well, not a lot anywhere. I mean, FIFA has the ability. Have you ever seen a FIFA um, agreement? The, the the agreement that government signed to hold a World Cup. Well, geez, what? 10,000 pages, 30,000, oh, I don't know. Governments have to, if you're a sponsor of FIFA, you get 60 or 90, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's a couple of months before, after and during the tournament, tax-free status. They can, <laughs> they can demand off a sovereign nation tax-free status for the best part of six months for multinational companies. Now, what's the chances that the FIH are going to be able to walk in there and leverage a, a, a TV deal... That means that the broadcast will show games live. They can't even do that. So we've got many, many, many hurdles as a sport that we've got to get over yet. And, and a, a, a total change in um, media consumption. 
Oh, absolutely. Hockey people have got to buy in. That's one of the things Jazz Pro does say at the end of that little clip we played you. The next part he says in that little clip is that it doesn't matter what FIH or whoever else does. Unless you get buy-in from the people, you've got nothing. And the onus now falls heavily on hockey people. If you, if you don't like what's going on, now is the time to stand up. But if you the, do like what's going on, now is the time to stand up and support it. Even on the subcontinent, you know, Europe and that, there's not a lot of sports to, you know, in those countries. We come to Australia or New Zealand or, you know, even a, a little bit in the UK and that, what sport would you like to play as a child? You can do athletics, you can play ice hockey, you can play... You know, in Australia, there's 184 sports on average that a kid can play as a 12-year-old. Rick Charles was touched on it five years ago. Our sport declines because we have too many opportunities for our youth to play. Well, that's a fair point, too. But I also, on, on the flip side of that, I see some of the programs that are going on in Africa at the moment, in Kenya... Um, in Zambia and there's great stuff to being done by Hockey Dreams Foundation and lots of other organisations that are out, out there doing stuff and at a local level jeez it's not just about a charity thing there's people <laughs> that are quite capable to to do hockey stuff there but it's there's participation of it, it's new market that's you know that's what it is but new market doesn't have to be and we talked before about the localization of clubs and things like that it doesn't have to be taking a, a sport as a new product to a country it's about nurturing what you've already got in and around you and it's it's about making local league competitions competitive and provide pathways and opportunities for guys and it's okay to have a feeder club to go higher up the ranks but you've got to maintain a good local level of competition and make it accessible so when a kid plays hockey at school there's a there's a natural step for them to go to their club and be involved with their club okay i'm calling time on that discussion because we're getting on a bit now and we've still got one it's not very festive either is it a bit serious ho 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 it's time to move on kiddies merry christmas okay we've got one more little clip to play here and you might you might have to slip the headphones on our friend Birdie's head there so he can get a listen to this. But before you do, I need you to step it up, set it up because this is a clip that goes back to a conversation. Once again, it's one of those conversations we had after the, uh, the, the tape had stopped rolling and then mysteriously started to get all by itself somehow or other. Well, I haven't, um, I haven't got clearance from Findo on this yet, so we're going to put it in and, uh, well, I hope he says yes in the next... 12 hours before we put the show out. But uh, we'll play it to you anyway now. But can, you want to set it up for us? Um, no, we'll I just, just think we did it wrong. Let's not, let's not mention any names. There's obviously no, within, within the feed you'll understand that there's um, connections uh, with players and, and the like. I'm going to take the headphones off. Okay, you do that. And uh, I'll just click the play button and we can have a listen to this little uh, bit of conversation between Matt and Stephen Findlater. Tell you two quick things about him. He's, he's doing some of the he's they got him doing some of the groundsman work around our club, which okay. is a uh, you know. Um, but uh, the other thing he does is he checks the the betting scores during, like while he's playing, which is <laughs> so he's, he's, he's a gas man. Um, well, look, can you tell him Matt Allen sent his regards? If he's playing with a shiny blue stick with no name on it. That's, uh, he is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is oh, he? Yeah, <laughs> well, that's he, that, he, let, he, he actually. I've got it on WhatsApp. He he, he sent me, he he posted it in the WhatsApp group. There, going, did anybody find this? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that 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 stick I got about. I got a bundle from Pakistan from Sylcot about six or seven years ago, um, mm. un, under the guise of starting up a stick brand, and. Uh, so I had a bag full of them for ages, and I lent him that, I lent him that one, and he didn't have a stick. I said, oh, I'll just keep playing with it. And then, as when he was, when he was leaving, I said, Do you like the stick? He said, Yeah, I do. Yes, yeah. well, give me your shirt, and you can have the stick. <laughs> <laughs> just there you go. That's very funny. <laughs> it was very funny at the time, indeed. And I think he's still got it, hasn't he? He got his stick back. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if it was, it was recovered, lost. to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to follow that story up. For I did. Year. I did receive the um, the photo of the stick, though, just to confirm its origin. And it, it was yours. Change of grip, but oh yeah. <laughs> that, the, yeah, the, there was a couple of my tackles on there. 
on the stick still. Yeah, yeah, you know, once it, yeah, once you it's it. like an old oak, isn't it, you know? It's well, the way you play with it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, dear. Yeah, well, he does sharpen one side of it, I'm pretty sure. I'm just about to send out a, um, a little Instagram stories thing with Birdie Senior on here. Thanks for joining us tonight, Greg. You should have just gone home. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've sort of just had a bit of fun tonight with our Christmas show. We'll be back next week with a yearly review and a preview of the coming year. And uh, some interview highlights as well the week after that. And we'll be bang back into it the first week of January. Second yeah. week of January. With oh, that oh. more reverse stick. Or maybe sooner if we get bored. You know, oh, well, there's over, so much the coming holes. up too. There's so much to get through early in the year. Indoor World Cups, Indoor Euro Cups. There's all sorts of stuff coming up. So we'll be hopping straight into it. Yeah, we'll be in Narragin on yeah, 27th, 28th. Yeah, down so. here. Looking forward to catching up with the Spanish girls down here in Perth. Uh, second oh, week yes. in Jan. And... Uh, yeah, hopefully bring an interview there from the coaching team and uh, some bit of news there. But, yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. And, and uh, thanks for joining us in our first 27, 28 episodes, whatever it is. And we look forward to catching up again in the new year. Merry and Christmas good. to you and yeah. your families. And, and uh, uh, don't forget to tell your mates. Yeah, tell your mates. We'll be back soon. Thanks for your company. All right.